You're listening to The Treatment Room with Tess and Lauren, the podcast by estheticians for estheticians and those who seek to learn about their own skin from a professional's perspective. We're diving into our whys as licensed skincare therapists, sharing in our career journeys and separating the gimmicks from the real heroes in skincare. Welcome to The Treatment Room. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the treatment room with Tess and Lauren. We are back today with just us, and we wanted to focus this episode on going over some of the major lessons that we've sort of extrapolated from all of our guests. We've had just so many amazing interviews and we think there's so much good knowledge and so many nuggets of wisdom. We just realized we could make an entire episode talking about these things, and maybe it will encourage you guys to go back and listen to more episodes. So, yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, it's been almost a year now, Tess, that we've been doing this, which is like oh so wild. Who knew? It's so crazy. Um, yeah. yeah. There's been, I mean, we have had, not to like, toot our own horns, but we've had some really cool guests on and some really experienced and knowledgeable estheticians and people in the space that we can learn so much from them. So we just kind of wanted to go over the things that really have stuck out to us about, you know, certain themes that we've heard over and over and things that we think Mm -hmm. are most important that we want you guys to really take hold of um, from these interviews. Yes, yes. We'll give you we'll give you the cliff notes in case mm-hmm. this is your first time listening. We'll give you some little bit of bait to go back in and listen to everything because yeah, these are really incredible lessons and I feel like if I would have known these when I was in SD school or when I was early on in my career, it would have been just some good encouragement. So We're super excited for this one, and we thought we'd kind of just kick it off talking about where we're at, because we feel like we haven't really filled you guys in in a minute. Lauren, what's going on with you? Well, um, by the time this (laughs) airs, it'll be a little far past this, but I just moved back to California. I left Denver back in California, and I'm so happy to be here. I'm, I'm from, for anyone who doesn't know, I'm from California originally, from Orange County. And I just, I always leave and I always come back. So I'm super, (laughs) super happy to be back in California. And I'm happy to be on the same time zone as you, Tess. It makes it so much easier. I, even though you're still probably six hours away driving, maybe more, it just, it feels so good to have you closer. I know. I feel like you're within reach. Yeah. I know. Within reach. All of our dreams are within reach. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's that. I'm back in California. I'm working on obviously the podcast and my YouTube, everything, just kind of my own personal things. The job search Mm -hmm. is still uh, not fruitful. (laughs) So, you know, we'll just kind of see where, where I end up next. And that's, that's okay. I feel like a lot of people are in your shoes, 
looking for jobs and Mm -hmm. no doubt you're going to find something. It's going to be an even better opportunity. I I just feel like I'm very confident. Everything is sort of aligning for you and you're just like getting recentered where you're meant to be. Yes. Yeah. That's what I feel like right now. I feel like I'm recentering and kind of like regrouping and then we can kick it off from here. You know what I mean? Like it just, Mm -hmm. like I said, I always come back to California. It's home. So um, yeah, I'm biased. We're both biased as California. (laughs) We love California. Yeah. 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 So what's up with you, Tess? What's going on? Still not working. I've been, how many months has it been? Four months, which is absolutely mind-blowing to August. Can you believe that? (laughs) Where did summer go? As we're recording this, it's August. (laughs) I know. So it's, it's honestly very strange having been out of the treatment room this long. And I wonder if any other SDs kind of share this sentiment, which is just like, I know I haven't lost my touch, but it's just, it's, it's weird when you haven't touched another person's face in this long. And you think about, you know, how jam packed your days used to be and now it's just going going without that for a little while I'm just being honest and kind of saying like I'm just like am I gonna be the same person when I get back in there yeah oh you absolutely will I feel like it's like riding a bike like once you get back in there because even me like I haven't done facials regularly for for quite a few years now and still every time I give a facial it's literally like you know you cup that face Mm -hmm. in your hand and you're just like oh I'm back. Yeah. And it just feels, yeah, you'll totally get back into it. But I know what you mean. It feels, it feels really weird to like, when you do something all day, every yeah. single day. And especially yeah. because with aesthetics, you have like, you have this connection with people. Like it's not just the, you know, the physicality of doing the facials, but it's the mm-hmm. connection that you have with your clients and the people you see every day to then go to basically complete isolation, you know, with exception of, you know, somebody you may live with for you, Tess Dillon. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like when you go from having all that, you know, human connection and human touch to none at all for months on end, it's bizarre. It's, it's so bizarre. And that's why I feel like I sort of want to hype myself up to do more at home facials, maybe on Dylan, my boyfriend, and just, you know, because it's, it is weird when you just all of a sudden touch somebody's face after <laughs> having not done it for some time. Yeah. It's like, you can feel a little shaky. You don't have the same confidence, which is, I think, what people really pick up on more so than, right. oh, she has all these crazy moves. It's the confidence when you immediately touch their face, which I just, I, I think it's that I worked so hard to build that confidence. And it was, I don't, I feel like a lot of Essies sort of have this period where they're very nervous and then they sort of, it just, it goes out the window, which it will for you if you're yeah. listening and you can relate. So I just don't want to ever... <laughs> lose that confidence I've built but you know but yeah riding a bike you'll get right back on it and your confidence will come back in a second thank you but yeah in that meantime I think just trying to educate myself as much as I can there's so many great online resources classes even just YouTube videos at our fingertips to watch so trying to stay on top of that And kind of just doing my thing. Like Lauren said, we're both doing YouTube. By the way, Lauren has a new YouTube channel. So exciting. We talked about that. It's huge. (laughs) I know. I don't know if we have either. Um, I'm so shy about it because it's like, 
you know, yeah. like sitting down and talking to a camera is it's really awkward yeah. and weird. And like, I feel like I, I don't show my personality that much in my videos. And I think, I think it'll just take time, like getting comfortable, you yeah. know, cause like on the podcast, you know, we're just, you know, a microphone and it's easy. And, um, but yeah, so I have a new YouTube channel. If you guys want to check it out, the link is in every description now. (laughs) I think you're better at showing your personality than you give yourself credit for because I pick up on it. But yeah, like I've heard so many experts say, like, it's just the repetition and even, you know, filming a hundred videos you don't upload but yeah yeah I've heard that too and they I've I've of course been I'm an obsessive researcher so I've been (laughs) watching YouTube videos about making YouTube videos and everybody's just like your first 50 videos are gonna suck so like don't stress out about it and just do what you do yeah and and mine still suck I think I have oh my god I feel like you're so good well that's because you don't see the failures you don't see you know you don't see what people don't post I so it's something I still work on um a lot but yeah yeah, I think having those outlets is really important and I hope everyone listening sort of has like something they can do in quarantine Mm -hmm. especially if they're not working even if you are because it can just I don't know. It's a, it's a, like people say, it's an unprecedented time. It's a crazy time. Yeah. I'm kind of trying my mentality right now is to not like get too high or too low. Yeah. That's smart. You know, because I mean, just, yeah. Well, because you never know what's coming next, you You know, and it's like, it's almost, you know, becomes like a whiplash sometimes where it's like, you know, things are getting better. Oh no, we're shutting down mm-hmm. again. They're getting better. Something else is happening. You know, we've got hurricanes and we've got, <laughs> it's like all this yeah. stuff. So yeah, I think yeah. trying to keep an even keel and like, you know, stay more so on the horizon as far as like mm-hmm. a different level, I think mm-hmm. is, is important. Yeah. I've been in therapy, which normalized people talking about going oh, to therapy. Yeah. Oh my God. I was literally <laughs> seeing a therapist like as a kid throughout my whole life. Like it just, it just helps you, you know, process things. Everybody's got a process. I don't get the stigma around therapy. I think it's stupid. Yeah. It just, it prevents people from, you know, it makes people scared to get into it because they think something's wrong with them if they do it. But yeah. I've been learning so many amazing, like coping strategies and I don't know maybe I can share more about that down the line but that's been a good tool Mm -hmm. all right should we get into our first one let's get into it okay yes so so our first kind of um theme or thing that we thought was really important that we learned from you know our however many episodes now of interviewing estheticians is don't rush. Like when you're first starting out as an esthetician, don't rush, be patient and take your time to learn. So we heard this, I mean, a lot from, a lot from Joelle and Donna Omari. They both were saying, you know, kind of like, take your time. Don't rush out there and start your own spa, open your own business from the first um, you know, first day with your license, Joelle said something that was interesting. She was like, you don't know what you don't know. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's like taking mm-hmm. that time to learn, to get your footing, um, work for somebody else while you're learning. Cause basically you're getting paid to learn and get your experience up before you go too hard in the paint and, you know, open up a, a spa yeah. and like have all this like business responsibility. Yeah. And I know this is something Renee Rallo echoed. Mm-hmm. 
as well, which is just sort of the the glamour around becoming an entrepreneur. And I know Joelle said this as well, but everyone wants to post their treatment room and, you know, their their pretty space on Instagram. And I'll, I'll be honest, I've fantasized about posting yeah. that picture for if I ever if I ever, you know, had my own business, but you really have to take the time and be so patient because it's, yeah, you don't know what you don't know. And there's so much to learn. Don't be in a rush. I know it's really exciting to get your SD license and then just want to, you know, say that you're a business owner because you've learned a craft, but it's really just the beginning, the foundation, the basics, and there's so much to learn. The real learning starts after, after school. So we don't want to discourage anyone who's, you know, really dead set on this and is in the right place to do it. Mm -hmm. But I think there's always a little bit more you can learn. You can always become a little bit more stable. You can learn what you don't like from working at another business, you can learn these are things that commonly come up with clients, just things you would not even anticipate. Because coming out of school, you don't think I'm going to encounter all these problems. You think it's going to be amazing. My books are going to be full, you know. So yeah, I think just just be patient and don't be in a rush. Yeah, exactly. I think that's that's perfectly said, Tess. Amazing. Okay. Let's get into number two, which I think is a great, great idea. This was mostly Lauren's idea, but, and I think you have the perspective, Lauren, having been in the industry, what is it like 11 years? Um, Like 10. 10. Um, That there is more support and more resources in aesthetics, more so now than ever. We have Instagram, where you can literally click on somebody's business and, you know, have a whole example laid out for you. You have YouTube where you can learn certain techniques or look up a certain topic you're interested in. We have podcasts. You can connect with other SDs. You can ask an expert anything. Like everything is within... It's literally at our fingertips. It's It's at our fingertips. Yeah. It's like, it's on our phones. And this is something that Donna Omari said was, you know, when she first started, she had absolutely no support. She was working um, at a spa Mm -hmm. in New York city and she would look to her coworkers, you know, other more seasoned estheticians for, um, for tips, for help, encouragement. And she basically just had the door shut on her because, you know, it, it was, I guess, seen as being competitive and they didn't want to tell her you know, their secrets Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever it is. And I hate that. But so she, and it was kind of the same with me because I forget how long Donna has been licensed, but when I was first starting 10 years ago, we didn't have Instagram, we didn't have YouTube, we didn't have, or maybe we had YouTube, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just didn't have the resources and we didn't have the connection to other estheticians. And there just really wasn't that support, like other than doing, you know, continuing education in a literal classroom setting, there just wasn't that support of other estheticians being there for you you know, handing out tips and tricks. So I think that, you know, now more than ever, it's an amazing time to start because you have, oh my God, you just have so much, so many resources that you can, you can get literally just at, 
at your fingertips on your phone. And so much inspiration. Mm-hmm. I think it was actually it was Narada and Renee who, when I was working at my corporate job, I was working at E News doing social media. It was like seeing celebrities talk about and Shani Darden, like seeing celebrities talk about their facialists that I was like, oh my gosh, like how amazing would it be to have that job and to have skincare be mm-hmm. your job? Like I'd actually never heard of it. And it, if it weren't for the internet, like I just wouldn't have been um, exposed to it. And I'm so glad I did because there's so many amazing role models and yeah, just resources out there. So gosh, there's just really no excuse to, to, to at least like learn about, mm-hmm. about the job if it is something you're interested in. Yeah, exactly. And I think people are just as other estheticians are so much more giving now than mm-hmm. they used to be because it's almost like, you know, everything's out there already, you know, it's mm-hmm. not like there's anything you can't have access to. You could just simply Google something and have a million different answers to how to do a facial or, you know, there's just so many resources. And I think that's kind of taken the wall down between estheticians that, you know, you don't have to safeguard your secrets because they're probably not actually secrets. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. And yeah, I think it's just we've become more of a, a sharing culture where people are so excited to share and offer their expertise. Yeah, it's, and that's it's like less, really cool. Yeah, it's less of that fear mindset. It's more of an abundance mindset. Yes. Oh my God, that's that's spot on. It's definitely an abundance mindset, which is the best. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so number three on our list is that failure is part of the journey and it's going to be part of business. Everybody struggles. And this is, again, something that we heard a lot from Joelle Lee and mm-hmm. from Donna Omari. It's that, you know, mm-hmm. that, like we said in our previous point, everybody starts somewhere. You mm-hmm. have to learn, you have to, you know, have this journey for yourself. And part of it is going to be failure. Like there's no way around it. And you don't see that on Instagram. Mm-hmm. People, you know, as we all know very well now, Instagram and all social media, it's a highlight reel for the most part. You know, Mm -hmm. people are much less likely to be sharing about when they, you know, messed something up or if they gave a client a burn or if they did Mm -hmm. something wrong or allergic Mm -hmm. reaction, you know, whatever the case may be. I mean, I don't want to advertise anything like that. You know what I mean? Because it's embarrassing and you don't want to necessarily share that part of you. You want everyone to feel like you're the best. Yeah. And that's what I feel like most people do. So just don't, you know, failure is part of it. You're going to fail. You're going to have issues and it's just like, Mm Yeah, I think you really have to learn to sort of love the process. Like yeah. I I remember getting feedback about like my first complaint from a client and it's this stinging shame of just feeling mm-hmm. and thankfully my boss was like so kind and nice about it, yeah. but it was something I could not get out of my head for days. And Mm -hmm. I, it's so easy to let that complaint sort of become like, you know, what you think about yourself, but it's not your identity. And this is something just talking about with Douglas Preston, who is one of our other guests talking with him in private, because I remember 
I went to go see him for a facial right after that had happened to me. And he yeah. said, Tess, how many, how many clients have you, how many appointments have you had to date? And I said, mm, probably, you know, like thousands, like, and he goes, so this is one out of a thousand, like that percentage is yeah. not, it's not even, you know, it doesn't even hit the radar. Should be on it's your radar. Like, yeah, exactly. It doesn't make a failing grade. It doesn't even make an A minus. Like it's something right. to learn from and evolve from. And these the complaints, as hard as they are to accept, you have to not let it be personal and take it as an opportunity to grow. Exactly. And it's I think the hardest part with something like that is that you're truly trying your absolute hardest when you are yes. brand new. You know, you, yes. you're so excited and you're doing everything to the best of your ability. So yeah. when you get, you know, a yeah. complaint or a critique or whatever, it just like, it hits, it hits to the heart, you know? Yes. And later on when you're more experienced and you have more confidence, because I think that's another thing that comes into play mm-hmm. is the more experience you have, the more confidence you're going to have. And the more confident you are, the less those, you know, complaints or whatever is going to get to you. So it really stings in the beginning, but yeah, you just have to know, like, and the other thing too, is maybe learn from it. Like if you are, if you can agree with the critique and be like, yeah, I was a little, you know, sloppy with this or, you know, whatever, then, then learn from it and move on. But just know, yes, you know, unless you're getting complaints with every facial, then you're probably doing fine. Yeah. And I think it, it, it just uh, throughout all of my failures and complaints, it's just realized it's made me realize how, how important being thorough is Mm -hmm. and setting the expectation with your client. It's a lot harder to fail if you're very clear about exactly what is going to happen and what you're going to be doing. And yeah, you know, the time you're going to be spending it's a lot harder for people to come back and complain later if you set the expectation from the beginning. Exactly. Communication is key with that kind yes. of stuff. And it it comes with time and yeah, there's there's so many forms of quote unquote failure. I know a lot of businesses are having a hard time right now. Yeah. But I think it's we have to do what we can to evolve and take certain lessons from certain time periods, but just try not to, to get discouraged would be my main message there. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. All right, let's move on to number four. So this is just being fluid and open to other career avenues in the industry kind of goes along with what we're just saying and just evolving, but we're always learning about ourselves and it's really important not to pigeon, pigeonhole yourself. Mm -hmm. I think this was something Joelle really reiterated and she was episode 43, by the way, if you guys want to go back and listen, we'll put in the notes, we'll put some of these episodes just in the notes. You guys can go back and reference. But Joelle talked about how she never really expected that she would be doing online virtual education. She was somebody who was hands-on in the spa. Mm -hmm. Later, she she had her skincare line. And in that process, she kind of learned she didn't really like having her skincare line. And she evolved to something else. It's, it's, I think all about trying things. 
And had any of us like never pursued that curiosity, like that little voice in our head that was like, you might have an interest in this, like it sort of lights you up. I think we really have to pay attention to those cues about things that light us up. Because for me, there's probably like 10 things in life that sort of like give me that spark. And maybe it even starts with like writing down a, a list of things that you enjoy it and it can be really simple like for me it could have started with the fact that I really loved washing my face when I was younger I (laughs) loved and at this time I just it was all I knew I loved going to the drugstore and like looking at the products I could my mom could she never did this but you could leave me in there for hours and I would have a blast like looking at the labels checking everything out and like that was a little voice that said like this could be a career, like an interest can be a career, a passion can be a career. So don't be afraid to just try things and experiment. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know, and be open to things that maybe you thought, you know, you weren't, you weren't interested in, you know, cause that was like you said, one thing that Joelle said was that she, she literally thought like, no, I don't want to do online education. Like she had said no to it. And then through COVID, she was kind of, you know, forced to go onto that online platform and learned that she actually really loved it and she was doing amazing things with it. So being open-minded too, I think is, is an important point with this one. Quick break to talk about the sponsor of this episode, which is Fastic App. As some of you may know, Lauren and I are absolutely in love with intermittent fasting. We have been doing it for years on our own. The main reason we love it is it really helps with inflammation. As somebody who deals with chronic illness, inflammation can be a big problem for me. And it also helps to accelerate advanced signs of aging in the skin, which we absolutely don't want. So what's so amazing about intermittent fasting is it engages a process called autophagy. Now, this is just a fancy word for the body's way of cleaning out damaged cells in order to regenerate newer, healthier cells. The app is honestly amazing because I know myself and Lauren, we've sort of been winging the whole intermittent fasting thing for years. So if you're anything like me and you really just like having things laid out for you and having a concrete understanding of what's going on, the app makes it super easy. You're able to choose your window on the app so you can go as intense or as casual as you want with it. I personally do the 15-9 window, which is totally doable for me. It just means I stop eating around 6.45, so I'll wrap up my dinner by then, and then I can have my breakfast around 9.45. And if I'm not hungry, I can totally just push it and adjust it in the app. It's also really fun because you can add a little fasting buddy. So you could add your mom or your sister or your boyfriend or your partner, whoever. You can add a little buddy just to help motivate and encourage you. So Lauren and I have each other added as buddies. So that's a really fun part of the app. Something else I really love about the app is it asks you what do you want to achieve with the fasting. So whether that's having more energy, living longer, losing weight, having better health, which is 
my reason, having more focus. I think knowing your why when we start any process makes it that much more meaningful and doable to push through when things get a little bit uncomfortable. So although intermittent fasting has become pretty trendy in the past few years, it's something that comes really natural for our body and goes back to our ancient roots. The fastic team has 25 years of fasting experience, so they have been in the game for a while now. So I know in quarantine, it can be a little bit difficult to hold yourself accountable or have motivation. Fastic is the perfect companion for guidance to a healthy lifestyle in quarantine and beyond. The app helps achieve your individual goals, which I love. So again, whether it's having more focus or living longer, it helps you out with a personalized plan and gives you a lot of support. I've never been a fan of diets, and I think motivation can come and go with that as your cravings change. So I think it's much more of a better alternative to diets, something that is more of a sustainable lifestyle. I know in our society, there's so much emphasis on weight loss and If that's your goal, it is a positive side effect of fasting, but far more important are the long-term health benefits that come from fasting. Bringing it full circle back to that little process called autophagy, which we love, which is what, you guys? It's the body's way of cleaning out damaged cells. We love that. Again, it is activated through intermittent fasting, and it recently got a Nobel Prize. Doesn't get much better than that, except for the fact that the app is free. You can get it on the Apple App Store or Google Play and be twinsies with me and Lauren. Add us as buddies if you want, but definitely try it. Let me know what you think. Absolutely. And it's okay to try things. I I just think people should be less afraid of trying things. Like I... Thinking about like the kid I was when I was younger, I was so shy. I could never raise my hand in class and like oh, say something. But here we are like talking on a podcast, having oh gosh, YouTube yeah. channels, yeah. you know, so you never know. Yeah, you never know. So just be open and, you know, and just see where things go. Be fluid. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So um, our next one, this one was, this one's really cool. And I think that this will help a lot of people. So our next point was that basically you set the standard and you attract the clients that you want for yourself. So this came directly from Narada, um, who was episode 46. She is, she, she talked a lot about how, how you really set the standard and kind of basically like for lack of better words, your vibe attracts your tribe and you set the standard for what you allow in your treatment room and what type of clients you want to see. And that's how you're going to get your ideal clientele is to just not accept anything less than what is ideal for you. Yeah. And, you know, it, I think it gets easier with time and experience in the industry to Mm -hmm. sort of filter out the people who are maybe not meant for you and that's okay. Maybe they're meant for somebody else. But Narada talks about how absolutely incredible and amazing her clients are people like Jessica Simpson and Jennifer Garner. And they're people who really like understand her worth and her value and who would never try to, I don't know, like cheap, like 
cheapen her business or mm-hmm. or take something for free right. because they understand her worth and and her value and you really want people like that in your treatment room mm-hmm. and for me like those are the clients I'm still like chatting with in my DMs like those people who are they become so like just vital in your journey because they mm-hmm. really fuel you and they fill you up and they give you confidence and they give something back to you. So yeah. Yeah. And Lauren, I really liked your example in our Narrative Joy episode where you were talking about working at the Hyatt and sort yeah. of do you want to tell that story? Yeah. Well so when I was working um front desk at a hotel, it was just like we had so many guests that would come in they would complain about something and then they would get something for free and then they would complain about something else and then they'd get something else for free and then they would go home and then they would come back next summer (laughs) and do the same thing. And it was like, you know, instead of, and not to say that, you know, anybody needs to be punished or, you know, anything like that, but it's almost like you have to set that limit and you have to set that standard of, you know, we don't want people, for instance, at the hotel, we don't want to attract a customer base that wants to cause problems in order to get something for free. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you have to kind of set that expectation of like, you know, we're doing absolutely everything we can so that nothing um, does go wrong for you. However, we apologize if something does go wrong and we will make it right, but you just can't perpetuate the cycle. You know what I mean? Of complaint, something for free, complaint, something for free. Like there has to be a line. You have to draw a line somewhere and you have to realize that maybe that's not the ideal client for me. And if you lose that client, then that's absolutely fine because it wasn't benefiting you that much, you know, to begin with. Yeah. I think just healthy boundaries in your treatment room in life. It's really a sign of valuing yourself. And this is something like I'm it's a work in progress. I think it's really hard Mm -hmm. for me to sort of like set the expectation from others, but I think it's something to just like be mindful of on your journey because Mm -hmm. people really understand your worth when you set that standard for yourself. Yeah, exactly. And I think like as you're new and you're starting out, pretty much you're going to take whatever client comes to the door because you need the experience and you need the learning. And I think that this is something that comes through your experience and, and, and basically just with time. And one thing I wanted to add before we move on is just that, you know, Narada has these clients that they know her value. And I think that's because she knows her value. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Oh yeah. You know, it's like a mutual type attraction thing. Yeah. And it just radiates like over the phone from her. You can just tell. Yeah. Number six is don't be afraid to be the professional in the treatment room and tell your clients what they need. This is also from Narrative Joy, but I think it's something that's sort of echoed across a lot of our guests. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think it's something that that comes with time, but But even remember, like just getting out of school and and once you start your job, you are the authority now. So yes, it can be it can be a little bit easier when you're younger to sort of feel like people are, you know, trying to get more out of you or sort of questioning you. Mm -hmm. I think something I hear a lot is with younger estheticians, people feel, you know, they're questioned because of their age. Yeah. But 
you just can't be afraid to to tell people what they need and and be confident in that. If you feel their skin would benefit from recommending a treatment program, you have to be confident in telling them what to use, how to use it, when they should come back and see you, mm-hmm. when they should expect to see results, all of that. It's all it's all yeah. part of the job. Yeah, and I think that I think this also comes down to confidence because there's there's a lot of really savvy consumers and clients out there and there's nothing wrong with that you know there's abs- and in fact it's great because you know you want to be speaking with somebody and working with somebody that does have a little bit of baseline knowledge and so it can be intimidating when you're first starting out if a client comes to you and this client has seen multiple estheticians, she goes to her dermatologist, she uses a really good routine, you know, you may be a little intimidated, like, well, this person, like, you know, you may even feel like they have more experience than you do, or they may know more than you do. But the bottom line is that you have a license, you have the formal education. So that's, you're the professional. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So yeah. And, and another bottom line is that if it doesn't click with you and that person, then that's okay. You know, they can go to somebody else who maybe fits their style a little bit more. Yep. Yeah. But, but I think it's, it's really important if you notice something is not working or mm-hmm. you have a recommendation, I think there's a, a way to go about it and it doesn't need to come across like I'm the authority. Yeah, you know, exactly. You have to do what I say. Yeah. Um, but it's just about having confidence and not being afraid. I yes. used to be, when I started out, I think a lot of estheticians struggle with quote unquote sales mm-hmm. and recommending a product because they feel bad. They feel like I'm asking this person to buy something like, what if they don't have the money, da, da, da. And you don't need to worry about that. Mm -hmm. All you need to, you know, do is recommend something that will benefit their skin and, and know the value in that. Yeah, exactly. Cause I mean, I think Douglas Preston said this in one of the episodes is that bottom line, like you're making the recommendation and they can take it or leave it, but it's your job as a professional to make the best recommendations. And of course, you know, we work within somebody's budget and somebody's restrictions, but it it is your, you know, job as a professional to make the recommendation. And then it's, it's their choice. If they want to take it, then amazing. That's perfect. And if not, then that's okay. You can work around that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe don't even think of it as sales necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's just you're providing, you're providing an answer. A treatment plan. Yes. You know? Yeah. Exactly. You're providing a solution. Most people, some people are, you know, just coming to relax, but I'd say the majority of people are there because they want help with their skin. And that's what you're there to do. Yep. Exactly. Um, so our next one is prepare for what you want. So this one was cool because it's like, you know, when you're for, especially when you're first starting out, prepare as if you have clients coming to you in five minutes or tomorrow mm-hmm. or this afternoon, just like prepare, go, I think it was it Narada that said this, like go into your treatment room, clean the room, set it up, like be ready. If a walk-in were to come in, in that moment, be ready to take that client and prepare for what you want. Yes. Yes. Um, I think it was, I think it was Shelly Hancock. Hancock who oh, was Shelly. That's what it was. About, yeah, it was Shelly. She talked about when she had left her job at cost plus and, you know, she started her treatment room. She, even before she had 
her clientele, she would go into that room every every day, Mm -hmm. whether or not she had appointments. She would sit at the desk. She would work on marketing. She would work on making the room as inviting as possible. And I think it's a little bit like law of attraction-esque, which is so us, Lauren, (laughs) but but just preparing for what you want and expecting that it's already on the way for you. Yeah. You're basically, you're manifesting and it kind of goes back to our other point about like, you know, attracting the clients that that you want. You're attracting, you know, clients in general. Yeah. Business in general. I I feel like it's sort of like logical law of attraction. Absolutely. You're just putting things into place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To, to make what you want happen. Yeah. And you're yeah. ready for when it does happen. And I mean, even yes. just like on a very basic practical level, I can literally tell you there were so many times where I would have a, you know, a break in my schedule and guaranteed I would get a last minute <laughs> waxing appointment and the wax right. would be cold. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, even just at like an extremely basic level, like yeah. You know, be prepared and be ready, have your wax on, have everything ready to go. And that that's just going to attract that, you know, the clientele and the business and the vibe that you want. Absolutely. And if you want to get micro with it, you can start making, writing down your goals. You could do a little vision board. Mm-hmm. You could take it as far as you want, yeah. you know, but just... Yeah, preparing and and getting in the mindset that it's already yours, like it's already on the way. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, number eight is something that's really close to our hearts Mm -hmm. and something we try to talk about often, but it is to care for yourself, learn how to really fill up your own cup, nourish yourself, baby yourself, Think about the long run. And this was something that, gosh, Lauren and I and even Narada started to get a little bit shaky and a little bit teary when she was she was talking about when she was getting her start in Hollywood in the industry, how her clients would come in with clippings about eating disorders and, mm-hmm. and nutrition. And it wasn't until she fainted in her, I think she said in her shower that she really realized I have an, I have an issue with eating and, and food Mm -hmm. and it doesn't even, it doesn't necessarily have to be on that level, but it's something we think is so crucial. And I see it oftentimes on social media, the posts about, you know, having a a 10 minute lunch and not having time to eat between clients Mm -hmm. and the memes about like getting home from a long day and like, you know, not having have had anything but coffee that day. And even in my working environments, like I notice how, how busy everyone is. And, you know, I really admire that, but food and taking care of yourself is absolutely vital. And if you think you can go a whole day with nothing but chips and hummus and a a venti coffee. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just not sustainable Mm -hmm. for the long, the long haul. And we say this with so much love and compassion because we 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 just want you guys to, to be 
be in it for the long haul, not burn out. Mm -hmm. Your bodies are, it sounds cheesy to say your body is your temple, but it is what is pulling you through every day. And our jobs are very, very physical as estheticians. It's so important to nourish yourself, listen to your body. Mm-hmm. If you feel like you're burning out, take take a little bit of a rest when you can. Yeah. Get your sleep, drink your water. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. It's so easy oh to go through so many appointments and never have a sip of uh, water. Yeah. But yeah. But you need to to be in that mindset to take care of other people. Yeah. I mean, like we, we care for people on a daily basis, you know, with all of the appointments that we take. And, you know, when you think about it, like if a client came in and told you, you know, I'm, you know, I work a lot, I don't eat lunch. I'm not drinking a ton of water. Um, my body Mm -hmm. hurts. Like, what would you tell them? You would say, eat, drink, and you know, go stretch or see a physical therapist. You you would never be like, Oh, Mm -hmm. that's fine. Like, no worries. You know? So take care of yourself as if you would, take care of a client or your mom or your sister or your dad, brother, best friend, whoever you have to, Mm -hmm. I always think about things like that in life. Like, like if I'm going through something, I try to always think, okay, what would I tell my best friend? What would I tell my mom, my sister, you know, whoever, how would, what advice would I give to them? And then I try to take that advice myself because we, we, it's just, I think a human, human nature thing. We tend to you know, put ourselves last and especially in this industry and put everybody else Mm -hmm. first. So you have to make sure that you, you put yourself first, you know, you have to take care of yourself because, you know, bottom line is if you're not, if you don't take care of yourself, you will burn out and it's just not going to be sustainable for you. Yeah. So gosh, I think that's so true, Lauren. I mean, yeah. Talking to yourself like you would a client or Mm -hmm. a friend. And I think, Another thing that that plays a big role is understanding the importance of routine, mm-hmm. setting yourself up for success in your days. This was something that it takes preparation. And as somebody who would get home from my, my job at around 9.30 or 10, the last thing I'd want to do is like pack myself breakfast, lunch, and dinner for the next day. But but I knew it would be setting myself up for failure if I were to just ignore it, you know, and, and try to make it through a whole day without that stuff. So yeah, yeah, making your meals, getting into a good routine, Mm -hmm. a good, a good, um, nighttime routine and morning routine where you wake up feeling rested and you can go into your day, maybe, maybe having a workout before, your first appointment or taking a rest day Mm -hmm. if if that's what you need. But yeah, just something my boss told me is to set yourself up for success, whether that is with your treatment room, with your day, with your schedule, your routines. And I think it's, it's just really important. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I think you have to think long-term in this business because, you know, we all, this is our career. This is what we want to do for the rest of our lives. So I think that, yeah, being, being in it for the long run and making sure you take care of yourself so that you can sustain that is, is so important. And we could probably talk about that for hours. Yeah. That could be a whole episode on what we do, et cetera. So let us know if you guys would be interested in that. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. So our next, our tip number nine, or I guess not a tip, but what we've learned, um, number nine is from our friend Renee Rouleau, and we loved this from her. If you don't ask, you don't get. 
And I think this was, this is in regards to her very first celebrity client. And, you know, she just sent an email, asked if she wanted, it was Demi Lovato, I think. Is that right, Tess? Yeah. Yeah. She sent an email, asked if Demi wanted a facial and they said yes. So she got. So, and that's kind of what started her in, in the world of celebrity aesthetics. And I think it's, it's so important in aesthetics, but then also just in life. You know, if you don't ask, if you don't try, you will never get. Yep. If you don't ask, the answer is always no. Exactly. If you don't ask, you don't get Demi Lovato. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So, and we echoed it right back. We said to Renee, like, we, oh, yeah. we, you know, know your schedule is crazy. You're internationally known. Yeah, like, yeah. we didn't think you would have the time for this, but you, if you don't ask, you'll never yeah, know. You just got to shoot your shot, you know? And it's, it's, it just, yeah. I mean, it goes, you know, into like an overall, just, I guess, life advice. It's like, you know, you miss every shot that you don't take. And mm-hmm. I would rather just, you know, not have those regrets. And you just kind of, yeah. you know, we just, we just sent Renee, you know, a message and asked if she wanted to be on the podcast, fully expecting to not even hear back. And she said yes. And and she was on the podcast and she was amazing and it was a great episode. But, you know, if we had just let our heads tell us, oh, she'll never respond and, you know, not message yeah. her, then it never would have happened. So it's, right. it's so perfect. If you don't ask, you don't get. Number 10, our final tip. And yeah, this is sort of something that we noted across the board talking to every talking to everyone. It didn't necessarily come from someone in particular, mm-hmm. but it is that every esthetician is different. It is, it's okay. It's more than okay for every esthetician to have their own unique philosophy and practice it. Right. I think one of the things that makes certain estheticians so amazing and even like as a way to identify them is that they're able to sort of like notice patterns with their clients, notice what does work and what doesn't work and, and build a business around it and have confidence in their own ideas. For, for example, Renee Rouleau, one example would be makeup is not the devil for Donna Omari. It would be using oil as the idea of a reset. Mm -hmm. And Renee, on the other hand, doesn't really believe in oil cleansing. It's it's okay right. to have different philosophies. Yeah, and everybody's philosophy it comes based on their experience, you know? So it's like nobody has the same experience as an esthetician. Nobody sees the same clients as their neighbor does. So you build your philosophy and you build your practice based on your experience. And I think that that's really what makes this industry so so beautiful. I mean, if you think about like mm-hmm. if every if every esthetician had the same philosophy, the same practice, recommended the same things, it would be like, you know, an industry that was basically owned by a corporation. You know, if you see one esthetician, they'll tell you the same thing as somebody else. You know, there's there's no uniqueness in that. And there's no, you know, you want to make sure that as an esthetician, you're providing the best experience for your clients. And as a client, you want to make sure that you're going to an esthetician that has that experience that suits you and they can um, you know, make recommendations based on what they see for you, as opposed to, you know, a standardized kind of, you know, recommendation plan. Yeah. 
Nerida talked about for her, like her whole business is so holistic and she really considers food choices. Had she listened to the idea that food does not affect the skin, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of clients would have missed out on her insights. I think sort of having that confidence that it's okay to take your own leaps and as long as you can back it up and, and, you know, it's something you've, you've studied. I think it's, it's okay to have your own different, unique perspective. And I think it also sort of comes around on the client side or just as a person caring for your own skin, taking everyone's philosophy with a grain of salt, Mm -hmm. understanding people can have different opinions and somebody can tell you, you know, exactly they can write out a prescription of what you should do for your skin, but everyone, you know, makes their own conclusions and has a good understanding. I mean, as we, as we, as we learn, everyone has an understanding of their skin and what may or may not work for them. So it's okay to adjust things. Even if your esthetician, you know, told you this, if it's not working for you, everyone's skin is different Mm -hmm. and every esthetician is different. So I think it's something I would like to see more just like widely recognized as a collective, because I think a lot of times on social media, on TikTok, on YouTube, you see chains of people saying like, that's not true. You know, yeah. Hiram says this and you know somebody else could say no Donna Omari says this and yeah it's just I think understanding that we're all unique and that's what really makes the industry beautiful Mm -hmm. and that's what makes finding an esthetician that understands your skin that's what makes it so special yeah exactly because it's not it's not a black and white industry and it's not a right or wrong industry because yeah you do see a lot of like yes say even on instagram you see a lot of charts like this is good for this this is bad for this Mm -hmm. and like don't use this Mm -hmm. with this and it's like well there's a lot of like maybes and what ifs and caveats and right right. yeah and that's i think again that's the beauty of it because everybody has a different experience and a different philosophy which I just think without that, without the differing opinions and the differing philosophies and, and the, the changing of, you know, research and just the evolving of the industry, my gosh, you guys be so bored. So bored. Yeah. So yeah, I think just having grace and respect Mm -hmm. for everyone's varying opinions. I think that's another point. It's crucial and yeah, it, like think of if you had your own business, your own practice, you would want that respect and just understanding like somebody else's three must-haves might be different from your clients or from what you need. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And just having respect for your fellow estheticians or, you know, even if you're if you're a consumer listening to this and your friend, you know, is using this, this and this based on her esthetician's recommendation, but you have been told something different just have grace and have respect and just know like everybody, it's just, I mean, everybody's on a different path and a different journey and, you know, Mm -hmm. skin is literally a chemistry and, you know, you have to just respect it. We hope you guys enjoyed these little tips. Let us know what you think. We would love, love, love to hear your feedback. 
whether it is your DMs and sharing it on Instagram, that honestly makes our whole days. We love it. If you want to leave us a review on iTunes, let us know how the podcast has helped or influenced you. We would be forever grateful. Yes. Thank you so much. As always, we appreciate you guys more than we can ever say. So thank you so much. And we will talk to you guys in the next one. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.